0: I'm the Preacher,
1: an audio journey through the Preacher television series from episode one to the end of the world.
0: Night vision goggles, archbishop and a pope, Jesse's on YouTube at the end of his rope, an extra vampire, a meeting at a bar, Tula's playing rock band without a guitar. What time is it? It's time of the preacher, of course. <laughs> Welcome everybody to Time of the Preacher. <laughs> we're back. In case you're just I... joining us, we, hold on there, Jay. I'm not done. In case you're just joining us, we are uh, rewatching season one and two of the Preacher. We're doing rewatchers, so plenty of spoilers. And uh, up until we get to season three, we'll we'll be taking it episode by episode. Welcome to my co-host. Jason Ritz.
1: Howdy, Thomas. <laughs> uh, I <laughs> I do have to say for our listeners, like, um, please understand that Tom uh, lives in California. I live in Oregon. Um, so we do this over Skype and... <laughs> We don't like really discuss much before shows. So, so you doing like a full on intro is kind of a shock to me. And it's new for the listeners. We've never done that. Yeah, we normally say, hey, how you doing? And we jump right the fuck in. So it's it's new for the listeners. It's also new for me. <laughs> so, I like that. I like that. I, I'm not, I'm not going to make that a thing because I'm not going to do that. But, that but, but I enjoyed that intro. Thank you very much. Sure, sure. <laughs> Uh,
0: one bit of business before we move on. Uh, a, a little correction for previous. It's actually a double correction because uh, in the last episode, I did a trivia where one of the topics was Cooper's coffee cart. Uh huh. And then after we recorded, I realized, oh, wait, his name isn't Cooper, Featherstone's no. assistant, it's Hooper. And then it's I was Hooper. watching these two episodes, nine and 10, which we're going to talk about. And I realized it's not
1: even Hooper, it's Hoover. <laughs> <laughs> So you know, it was like, way off. I can't even make fun of you because I didn't know that either. And I noticed in these episodes, too, his name is Hoover uh-huh. and i and I note and while watching the episodes, I was like, Hoover. I'm like I'm like, i it was Hooper. <laughs> so yeah, we are definitely not professionals when it comes to that. I
0: remember but, I mean, we've been calling him, or at least I've been calling him Hooper for a long time. I thought his name was Cooper. Well, I did the last episode too. But, yeah, whatever. You know the guy we're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> so poor there, and he, poor Hoover gets his ass handed to him in in many ways in these episodes.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There's some good scenes there. <laughs> so, uh, so what we're doing with season two, episode nine and ten is what we're doing, right? Mm-hmm. So, what nine opens with um, the Jesse Jesse's dad getting shot in the head.
0: Right. And we get, I think it's the first shot of uh, Jesse, young Jesse, because of the previous, I think in season one, there were a few uh, shots of his dad in this moment, but we never saw the son. I may be wrong about that, but now we see young Jesse, who we're going to see a lot more of throughout the rest of the season.
1: Yeah, it's funny because I remember, I remember seeing this scene, this scene, right, where His his dad is talking to him, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And I think you're right. I don't think we've seen young Jesse in that scene. I think they cut it before that, right? Right. Um, I'd have to look back to see if that's true, but I believe that's true because I know we've seen this scene before with with Jesse's dad Mm -hmm. talking to him. Um, But we definitely haven't heard before young Jesse says it's his fault that he prayed for it. Right. Right? So there's that kind of like... uh, now we kind of see a little bit into Jesse why he's kind of more fucked up is because he thinks it's his he thinks it's his fault that his father got shot right. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is the uh, first
0: uh, grandma reference we've had in a couple episodes,
1: right? And that's going to become uh, a lot more poignant mm-hmm. come the end of season two and into season three because that is some awesome shit coming up, mm-hmm. and, and and it's a short little scene. That we see, you know, it's his dad saying, you know, be a man, blah blah blah, da da da, and then he, and then young Jesse saying, it's my fault, Dad, I prayed for this, blah blah blah, and it comes ba- cuts back to Jesse, and you know, it's it's that relief, it's the um, we see the flashback of it,
0: mm-hmm. but during
1: that you hear the chains, yeah, you know, um, and you can hear the thumping thump thump, and young Jesse saying, let me out, let right. me out, yeah, right, so which which is total foreshadowing to Grandma's house, mm-hmm. right, so. Yeah, that is there subtly. I like that.
0: Yeah, and he snaps out of it, and then he's, uh, I believe, right after that is when he starts, uh, looking on YouTube on God-citing videos like God in the piece of toast, and things like that. Just now, he's just like grasping at straws at this point because he's searched every single bar in in New Orleans, right? And he's he's followed any leads that he had, and now he's just on YouTube. (laughs) Yeah.
1: He's literally like Googling. God's missing. <laughs> uh,
0: like the rest right? of us would do
1: when we're looking for something. Yeah, exactly. They've, <laughs> because now there's no reason to be in New Orleans anymore, right? They've checked all the bars, mm-hmm. right? And But there's also not a reason to leave, <laughs> you know? Because he doesn't know but, where to go. Yeah, exactly. Right. So he's just on Google and YouTube looking for fucking sightings of God. <laughs> uh, and then, then what? Like Tulip comes back in. Well, Cass right? comes
0: first. Because then, oh, you know, okay. he starts, you
1: know, heating up some blood for Dennis. Oh, and this is an interesting scene because it's actually brought back later on in the episode.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: We see it from um, the Grail's point of view. Right. 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 This. Where, where yeah, Cass comes in, he starts heating up some blood. Um, we're not sure that uh, Dennis is a vampire yet. Right. We're, well, I think we, we pre- do know we that pre- because we, we knew that
0: it was pretty suggested – that he the, was going to bite him
1: right in the last episode, but we haven't like we don't have confirmation yet right right right, 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 right. but he's eating up blood, um, which I thought is kind of interesting, mm-hmm. uh, to be honest, my first thought of that was why not just boil the bag um but <laughs> <laughs> he's eating up blood in the in the thing, and then and Cass, uh, or just gives him that that the whole his whole speech, right, like we have to find God, like mm-hmm. somebody has to be at, at controlling this ship right. And and that speech becomes actually more important later on, right? But but in this scene, it's basically Jesse being a dick again (laughs) uh, to Cassie, to Cassidy, right? Right. And then
0: and Cassidy's still pissed off that you know Jesse wouldn't save Dennis, and that's obvious. And I also love, I just love how casually. Cassidy pulls out a couple of blood bags out of the fridge and like chops one open. It's just like normal cooking for him. <laughs> this is just this is just That's what true. he does.
1: Yeah. And and OK, I, I want to go back to Jesse being a dick. <laughs> Good. Because he because again, listeners, uh, you know, time of the preacher podcast at tml.com. dot com. Please tell me why Jesse's not a dick, <laughs> but because he fucking is a dick and he's being a dick to Cass here. Right. And then uh, Tulip walks in, and he's addicted to Tulip, mm-hmm. right? He's just addicted. Jesse's a dick. That's that's his whole season.
0: And even right? like even Cassidy tries to talk to Tulip about how maybe she should take a break from getting shot <laughs> at the at the bar, and then and, and Jesse's even a dick to him about that.
1: Yeah, he goes, "I got it. We're good." Yeah, yeah. right.
0: <clears throat> like shut. Do. You... And this, it, I don't and
1: know. That's uh, this bugs me this season.
0: I, I wanted to ask you a question about this, actually, because you know, obviously we've we've talked about this several times about how Jesse is a dick, um, and it's way worse this season than it was last season. And yes. my question is, does it have a negative effect on the show itself? Because when you think about it, like most shows, typically they have. A main character or slash hero that is somewhat sympathetic and relatable and that just isn't happening on this show he's just a dick and there's not really any redeeming moments for him he's just a dick through and through to his closest friends and he's an asshole and there's just no he's not he's not sympathetic character so does that have a negative effect on the show do you think
1: I don't. I don't know on this one because um, it plays into okay. His character is deeply troubled, right? Um, and and I so I think lashing out and being a dick kind of it fits with his character,
0: mm-hmm.
1: right? Um, it it makes a lot. It causes a lot of problems in the fact of. Like, why is Tulip and Cassidy still around? Right. You know. You know what I mean. Like, so it does bring up that kind of like because they they have wholeheartedly put their lives into this. Right. They they're, they live in the same place. They all do the same stuff. They're all on the same plan. Right.
0: Well, not anymore. And, actually, the last few see, few episodes, they've kind of be, all been doing their own things. Separately. Right. But they
1: but they live in the same place. Mm-hmm. And, and maybe in the last few episodes, you're right. They're all kind of doing their own things. Yeah. Cause Tulip's dealing with their PTSD and getting shot all the time. <laughs> and, and Cass is made of another vampire and he's doing his thing and, and whatever. And maybe that's starting the unraveling of their friendship because it's not just up to this point, you know, these three, they've been locked together.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Right. And, and you kind of want to kind of go, you know, why? Why are you still with Jesse? He's 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 got his mission and his thing, which Tulip and Cass almost could give a fuck about. Yeah. Right. Right. And then he's a dick about everything. So. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it 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 definitely adds drama and there's it it adds to the characters and, and and everything. Is it off putting to the show itself? I want to say kind of. I mean, because like you're supposed to like the main character of a show you're watching, aren't you? Yeah, but is Jesse the main character? Yeah. <laughs> I <laughs> mean, theoretically, yes. He's the preacher, right? <laughs> right. I, I, yeah, I mean, but like for me, I watch the show and I'm always interested in Cassidy. So he's the yeah. main character to me. Yeah, <laughs> right. you and I but... are both team Cassidy,
0: but he's clearly not the main focus of the show. It's like we're not – it's not – a vampire centric show. It's the search for God, you know?
1: Yeah. No, I mean, you're right. Okay. But I mean, I don't know. I think at the end of the day, it shows the angst and the what our main character is dealing with personally. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and he lashes out and he's a dick um, because of it. Right. And, I kind you know sometimes in in TV shows you know the guy's being a dick or whatever because he's dealing with his own things or whatever and you can just and you can kind of go like okay well that's just this little bit right they're showing that part of his character for Jesse it's like the whole fuck time yeah <laughs> and like- the the example that comes to my mind is
0: you know Melissa and I watched a lot of House MD and he is notoriously an asshole but then every once in a while he'll do or say something. That shows him to be a human and shows some redeeming quality, and just we just haven't seen that from Jesse in a long time, and it doesn't right, get any better with his his questionable use of the voice. And this scene is a perfect example. You know, Tulip comes in; she wants she won't go to sleep because she doesn't want to have more dreams about the Saint, and she's like going off the deep end. And you know, Jesse uses a voice on her which she has warned him don't ever do that shit again and then on top of that Cassidy standing there sees him use the voice just to put her to sleep but he wouldn't use the voice to save Cassidy's son Dennis's life saying that that's not what it's for but then he uses it for something like he uses it just for his own little selfish desires right and so in that you can see the look on Cassidy's face when he does this he's like oh okay fuck you (laughs)
1: Right. and Yeah. I mean, and we've talked about this before, like in the comic book, the reason their friendships are tight, the reason Tulip and, and Jess are together and, and in love are well explained. Mm-hmm. And in the show, we just don't see it. And I mean, with Cassidy, I to take a broad picture of it. Right. I can kind of want to go like, well, what else is he going to do? Right. Because we've seen him on the phone with his people like twice now. And both time his people said, fuck off. Right. Right. So he's got really nothing else going. Right. So and maybe that's it. Maybe they have nothing better to do than to be here. Right. You know, and 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 they like Jesse and they think he has redeeming qualities and they're just waiting for him to come around. <laughs> I don't I don't know. But you're absolutely right, because he, he just says sleep and he uses the voice on her again, which he should not. Have. I think it was a good use of the voice. Because she really did need to get some sleep. And so I think it was his way kind of looking out for her. Right. But it was still still kind of wrong.
0: And it was a dick move because he had just finished in the previous episode maybe telling
1: Cassidy that he wouldn't save his son because that's not what it's for. (laughs) Right. And then so when Cass makes Dennis a vampire – you kind of, I'm on Cass's side here again. Like, mm-hmm. well, if you didn't want that, you should have fucking tried something, <laughs> motherfucker. Yeah. Right? But, you know, but here now we're stuck with Dennis as a vampire. Mm-hmm. So, sorry. If you're not going to do anything, I'm going to do something. So, right. I, good on Cass for that. I honestly, I know we both, we talked about this the first time we watched this show together. Um, We both thought that was a bad move. <laughs> J- oh, making him
0: a vampire? Yeah. Yeah. Definitely.
1: Definitely. Dennis's disposition wise, that was a bad move.
0: Uh-huh. And may
1: and, and well, it is, we know it is a bad move, but really in the face of it, what else are you going to do at that point? Right. Right. Yeah. You know, so no, I'm good with it. So, um, next thing. So we see the grail sees the, um, him putting uh, her to sleep, him putting her to sleep. So they, they see that power which is, you know, like the flying pig. It's something that needs, you know, it's Samson unit, Mm -hmm. right? That can't be done. So Hairstar says, kill them all, right? First, he says, I'm bored.
0: (laughs) He's not impressed. Like Featherstone is kind of uh, uh, not infatuated, but she's like, she's really um, fascinated by his power. Hairstar is just, I'm bored. Just kill them all.
1: (laughs) Right, (laughs) right. And that leads to the badass scene, In the middle part of this season.
0: Yeah.
1: Right? Which is the night vision attack.
0: Yeah, this is really great.
1: (laughs) I know you're a big fan of it. Mm -hmm. Um, I I, I had forgotten about this scene. Right? And when it comes up, it immediately struck me. We're watching this as if it's a video game.
0: Yeah, Yeah. pretty much.
1: Right? We're looking through the night vision goggles of the people. There's even that, like, comms you know, volume Mm -hmm. thing in the corner, which Mm -hmm. looks very video Mm game-ish. And then each time we switch um, views from whose camera we're looking through, the name changes. So we're looking through, you know, Johnson's mask and then, you know, whatever, right? And I loved how they did this scene where as soon as their headphones or their their earphones are put on, everything goes silent Mm -hmm. except for the comms. Right. Right, right. Which I thought strategically to me, like it's a good idea because you're dealing with with Jesse. Uh, it's a bad idea because you can't hear your surroundings. Right, <laughs> right. <laughs> but that that whole this whole scene is awesome.
0: Yeah, just stylistically and the, the, it's a, a shift in tone of the show, totally unexpected. And it was just a great way to shoot this scene from their perspective.
1: Yeah, absolutely well shot. I mean. Cause you're with them and there's tension to it. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, because you can't hear, you don't know what's behind you or or whatever. And the way they shot it in silence with just the comms Mm -hmm. really puts the viewer into that. Like you're there in the hall, like ready to breach, you know, uh, very well shot. They go into the house, uh, immediately met with vampires, (laughs) (laughs) which is awesome. Right. So they're, they're fighting Cassidy. There's shots fired, blah, blah, blah. Um, they go in and they shoot Dennis, and his old man's down, right? And he turns and walks out of the room.
0: Yeah, and, and- then the first time, I just got to jump in on this part because the first time we watched this, I was fully expecting this to all end up by they walk in and then they go into Dennis's room and he's like the 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 vampire bite went horribly wrong and he's like this monster that kills them all. That's what I totally <laughs> expected. That that's what I expected to happen. <laughs>
1: No, I love this. There's a big fight. One guy goes into uh, Jesse's room. Mm-hmm. Big fucking fight, and I love this because like they got all these guns and stuff. And when you see the perspective of the guy fighting Jesse, all you see is a punch in the face, kick mm-hmm. to the balls, <laughs> you know, just like Jesse fighting, right? Yeah. Which is, you know, he's a great fighter, so it's just punch, punch, bam, in the nuts, blah blah blah. Right, and then his and then his headphones get ripped off, mm-hmm. and and. Thank once and for all, we see Jesse not fuck around, and he immediately goes kill your friends. Right, with the voice, great use of the voice. Um, I want to give it a four Padre.
0: Yeah, and it's funny because like I've watching these two episodes in particular, which we'll get into later. Uh, there are several good uses of the voice, and I've come to realize that my biggest problem, at least in these. In this season, I guess, or and especially in these episodes we're we're talking about, it's it's more when he doesn't use the voice that really bothers me than mm. when he does, which we'll get to.
1: Yeah. You're absolutely right. In these two episodes, the usage of the voice is, is very well done. But also remember, he knows the Saint of Killers uh isn't a problem right now. Right. Right. So that helps i think mm-hmm. that frees them up a little bit um but yeah great use of the voice kill your friends and the dude does <clears throat> and i love how they all say i love you to each other <laughs> and, and then he blows all their fucking heads off <laughs> um so that's great vampire attack um yeah so oh, and and, and then of course
0: uh, he, he wants, there's one left and he wants to get answers out of him, but then Dennis comes out of nowhere and, uh, um, oh, attacks yeah. the guy and bites him. And that's when we get the full on, and Jesse actually gets the full on confirmation that this guy's
1: a vampire. Right. And, and we actually get that confirmation too, because... We didn't 100% know that. We assumed it, but we didn't mm-hmm. 100% know that. And then the guy goes to the room and shoots him, and he's like, old guy's dead and walks away, and that's the last we hear of it. Mm-hmm. Until, until right then, when Dennis jumps out and kills the guy that we wanted to get information from. Right. So now we know Dennis is a vampire. Yeah. Um, so that's good. Um, the next scene we go to is, is Star on a date. <laughs> and here's We're, the thing is. I remember this scene perplexed you. Understandably right. so. Right, and here and here's the thing is, I remember on our first watching when we originally watched this, after this episode, I think you and I were talking, and like I didn't fully comprehend what the fuck is going on here. <laughs> I had problems. I and here's the thing is, I don't remember what we said
0: mm-hmm.
1: or what sides of the, you know, scene we were on, but I remember you and I had a lengthy discussion about this scene, <laughs> and mostly I think it comes from like, why is she doing this? Right, like I, I understand her father is an important figure. Probably, you know, Hairstar Star probably has something on him or, or whatever. Right, he's with the Grail and they're powerful. But why is she so complicit? Like, why, why does she take off her top? Why does she put the butter under? Hold mm-hmm. the butter under. You know, like this is all just demeaning things. Hairstar Star is just doing these things to demean this woman. Right, right. To to show his power, right? And I don't understand why she goes along with it. Like I understand why her father might or or whatever, but like if it was me on a date, I'd be like, "What the fuck is wrong with you, dude?" <laughs> like yeah, I don't know. Well, I, I think some scene... of it
0: some of it is shock, and also some of it is like she makes a point of saying something along the lines of "You're very powerful," um, you know, because he he's working for the Grail and. You know, her father is the governor of of Louisiana, right? So obviously, and 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 so there's something there where it's definitely a power situation, and she just wants to please the guy. Like I fully believe that you know she went there prepared to have sex with him, so you know taking her top off wasn't that big of a stretch. And you know what's so big, what's so bad about putting butter under your chin? Uh, you know if you went there fully prepared to have sex with the
1: guy, anyways. Right, but I mean, if I'm going on a date with somebody, I'm like, oh, and I know I'm going to have sex with this dude, right? And granted, I'm a guy, I don't get the female perspective, okay. But I would imagine a woman going on a a date with a guy and she's fully expecting to have sex with this guy. Take off your top, okay, fine, you know, maybe. But the butter thing, that's not about, that's not (laughs) sexual. That's about
0: power. Yeah, but also, he definitely has an air about him that, He
1: will kill you (laughs) if you don't put the fucking butter (laughs) under your chin, you know? And maybe her father was like, this guy will kill you, you know, you know, (laughs) whatever. But but as a viewer, I'm not privy to that. Right. All I all I know is she showed up. She's the daughter of the governor of Louisiana. She's on a supposed, you know. As a viewer, she's on a date with this guy that her dad set her up with. I don't know. That's just such a fucking power. Well, thing. I think, I, I, I think
0: wondering about it from her perspective might be overthinking it because I think this is really just showing him being fucked up and it's really showing the kind of yeah. guy that he is rather than
1: the, what her motivations are. Right. And and I think that's the intention of the scene. Mm-hmm. Right. But still like I, you can't watch that scene and not put yourself in her shoes. Right. of How fucked up. I don't know. I've always had a problem with this. scene.
0: There was one other thing that I did pick out this time watching it, and that is that he mentions, has your father ever been to Angola? And she says the country or the prison. And he said either one. But then later on, we see him on his computer looking at this website about prison architecture, which I thought that was interesting. So I couldn't figure out what all that was about.
1: I I can I didn't catch that and, but I I still don't even know what that would have to do with him. <laughs> I don't either. So anyway, there's that scene, and then right after that we see Brad is called in, um, and here's the funny thing is,
0: no, not quite yet. First we get to not, the scene with the he's putting down the tarps for uh oh oh Featherstone, Featherstone
1: and Hoover and Hoover yeah.
0: And poor Hoover says, "I love you" to Featherstone. I think she basically just says, "Shut up," because <laughs> he, right, he thinks he's going. They're both going to die, so he's just saying his last. You know, I love you to her.
1: Right, but but that we see that's not an "I love you." I love you. We see that's uh, that's what the guy and the men in white do. Well, I right? didn't
0: think they all were saying that to them. I thought my impression was these two only the the two guys in the men in white. See, said I disagree
1: because we saw those two we saw it happen in the house during the attack and then we saw hoover say it there i think it's um part of the the cult the well part no, of i the... think
0: i think the whole reason you see them say that in the van is to set up the drama of him having to kill that same guy later like i think they were lovers and then later on he's he's like begging please don't kill me or please see, don't that was with the same two guys
1: i I agree that those are the same two guys i just I disagree i to me that seemed a very culty thing to do hmm. like we're going into a battle and you tell your brother you love him right hmm. and and by that I mean like Hoover tells Featherstone that guy tells the other guy in white the you know you know what I mean it seems to me like uh, that's a part of the religious cult thing that they're part of right It's part of the Grail where you're you're a brother and you love each other. Right, and it that and that's be, why you I, take I after.
0: Do, but I do feel like Hoover has a crush on Featherstone, though.
1: Ah, very. I mean, yeah. Okay. I mean, there could be more depth to that. I agree. But I mean, I, I took that as that's just a weird cult thing that they do. <laughs> but anyway, so so yeah, they they, they tarps out. <laughs> uh, Hoover goes, you know, shoot me first. He goes and stands on the tarp. and, and
0: Featherstone says, "Shoot him first. <laughs> right.
1: <laughs> that's right. Right. Who wants to go first? <laughs> and and he goes, I do. And she goes, he does. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so he gets on the tarp gun jams and Featherstone comes in to help mm-hmm. comes on. Un- oh, the Glocks are, they jam all the time. Right. And, um, I hate Glocks by the way. Um, <laughs> but then she just, you know, she starts taking care of the problem to be like, here now shoot him. Uh, right. And in that, in that is when it's where she, she basically buys herself time to make mm-hmm. her argument. Right. Um, which she does and she says, Well we should just call in Brad. Have Brad take him out, right? And
0: um And this scene is this scene to me made me realize like Featherstone is the badass that Tulip used to be like she's just had that same feel, like it reminded me of the scene where Tulip's making a bazooka out of like stuff around the house. You know, right. This, and this was like the the kind of badass that Tulip used to be before all this, this whole PTSD fucking story.
1: Yeah. And I do have to say, um, Featherstone has always seemed to me like a female hair star. Mm-hmm. Like she has that. I don't give a fuck uh, about her. Right. Right. Like we have a job. This is what we're doing. This, uh, this is the best way to do it. Fuck it. If I die in, the, you know. If my death will get the mission done, fine. Mm-hmm. Right? She's just, uh, yeah, and she is a badass, right? Um, So we see that she does that. She she says, "Call him Brad." I do have to admit that. Here's my bad memory again. I forgot what Brad was. <laughs> I thought Brad was a dude, uh-huh. right? So in my original watch and in the rewatch, I was like, <laughs> I was like, who's Brad again? I call him like. <laughs> Because that's the that's the normal trope, yeah. right? Is you have the clean call in the cleaner, call in right. the wolf, right. right? And they come in and do things, right? So it's a normal trope, and 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 I even on the rewatch, they didn't do it again. I was like, yeah, who's Brad again? <laughs> who's so they, you fell they call him, both times. I fell, for, yeah. So they call in Brad. Um, Hairstar mentioned something about wanting hookers, and they're like, okay, we'll take care of that. Right. And he wants the no means yes type of hooker. Um, This is funny uh, because I do remember this scene, but it's also in the comic book. Oh, really? Uh, Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, Hairstar wanting hookers, it being misconstrued to being male prostitutes and him getting raped happens in the comic book, too. (laughs) Right. Um, So I think this is it's just. It's funny. I. It's a big fuck up by Hoover. <laughs> <laughs> right. But it does propel the story um, along. So they're going to go get hookers. Right. Then we come back to back to Dennis's house. Right. And Jesse is now paranoid as fuck.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And he's using he, the voice in a five Padres way. Oh, yeah right i get first five padres i can remember yeah he took control of the police force right right he has them guarding the house
0: <laughs> yep you you work for me now was, you, was his voice yes. yeah
1: yes you work for me now and this is what you're doing and they're all patrolling the perimeter and and we even have that scene where the the drunk guy in a big fat drunk guy in a mask walks up and i biting into the brad thing i was like oh here's brad right <laughs> yep it, it, we're, I, we're totally I, expected to believe that right and and so that that thing happens where all the cops go there and they think something's happening mm-hmm. uh and it's really not or whatever but my dumb ass um was like yeah hey, oh, that's a, that's a brad thing again <laughs> um yeah. So anyway, that's all I got to say about that.
0: <laughs> well, and the other the other thing that we're I, I think expected to believe is Brad is the cleaner who shows up,
1: right? Because, and again,
0: you know, he acts all creepy, and I think it was total setup, like to make us think that this creepy cleaner guy, and they do some very creepy shots of him where he has these creepy looks on his face, where it makes it feel like this is Brad, the cleaner guy is Brad,
1: right? And not only that. As a cleaner, he sucks. Like, <laughs> uh, like every shot they show of him, he's using like a regular like car sponge and just moving blood around. Like he's not even cleaning <laughs> shit around, right?
0: Well, you got to do the preliminary wipe first, and then you get the rest of it.
1: Whatever. <laughs> you got to get
0: the chunks first, and then the fine cleaning.
1: I'm go back and rewatch that scene. <laughs> the man is just sponging blood around. It's uh, a horrible cleaner, and. I fell for it both times. <laughs> both times, oh, man. Both times. I was like, oh, that's right. This is the motherfucker. He attacks him, and they take him out, <laughs> right? It, so in my head, that's what I'm expecting again. Hook, line, and sinker. They got me on this uh, both times. That goes to my memory. Uh, <laughs> So, okay, so that's happening. They're all panicking.
0: And Tulip is very paranoid as well.
1: Yeah. Well, they, I, they all kind of are, except for um, Dennis. He's having the time of his life. He's got like, oh, the joy of
0: life again. Yeah. And by yeah. the way, this, this, uh, which brings me to, you know, why didn't Jesse use the voice on him to turn the music down? But really the answer is they just, the show would just wanted to add dramatic tension. But again, therein lies the problem of the voice, like how to use it, when to use it, because by, by not having, because he yelled at him like three times to turn the music down. Right, any any one of those times he could have
1: used the voice, and it
0: would have happened
1: right away. Right, and the funny thing is, in in my watching of it, my um I didn't even think about using the voice. Um, they go in, they tell him turn it down, blah blah blah, and then the second time they go in, turn it down, right, and he doesn't, right. After the second time, my mind went to walk in the fucking room, yeah, yeah. and turn it the fuck off, right, right, like not even voice, mm-hmm. right, and the thing is. I think Jesse tells him three times. I think Cass tells him two or three times. Mm -hmm. Like it's again and again and again in this very like heated scene. And all, if I was there, I'd have gone in and smashed the fucking record player. Right. Like shut the fuck (laughs) up. Right. Voice. uh, The voice didn't even enter my mind. I was pissed (laughs) that they weren't just walking in there and turning it off. Um, but yeah, but you're absolutely right. Uh, That would have been a great cast voice usage. Right. Mm hmm. Jesse. Jesse Thank you. But anyway, no, I, I'm with you. And but but I get it. It adds tension to the scene. Mm-hmm. We're we're all getting tense. We're all freaked out. We're all panicked. Um the guy that you know, the cops are freaking out about the guy in the car, we have the cleaner in the house, you know. Um so it's, yeah, it's just a very tense scene, right? Mm-hmm. Um during all of this, Herr Stars is going back through footage and he sees jesse's rant about god's missing we need god somebody has to be at the helm you know it's Im- it's important we'll just smash into the rocks if nobody's in control right mm-hmm. and 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 there and this is after the rape which um hair star mentions later on that that opened his eyes right <laughs> not quite sure about why but, well, but he saw- at one point he, he
0: you know he's getting it in the ass while he's looking at the folder of Jesse, of C- Jesse right. Custer,
1: <laughs> right? But but so he sees this footage and he says, "Call off, um, uh, call off, Brad." Right. Which at this point we learn Brad is a is a drone, mm-hmm. and the missile's been launched to blow up the house. Right. And this goes back to Featherstar being uh, uh, Featherstone being kind of a badass, right? Because Hoover's like, uh, shouldn't we get the fuck out? <laughs> and Featherstone is like. No, I want to be here to see this shit. Yeah, <laughs> right. There's a bomb coming to to blow the room next to you up. Right, and you don't want to leave. <laughs> right, so that the, the big missile's been shot off. Hairstar says, "Call it off." Right. Um. I'm I'm sorry, I gotta look at my notes here because I forget where we are.
0: So she redirects it to Harry re- Connick Jr., Harry Connick Jr.'s house.
1: Right. Uh, which is awesome <laughs> and Hoover's <laughs> response to that is nice work <laughs> so uh, crisis averted right so we're good um then we get like okay so that happens so as far as they're concerned, nothing happened that night right right the 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 guy at the car and the commotion turned out to just be a drunk you know nothing else happened. Explosion or, across town. Aside
0: downtown. from Tulip accidentally shooting the cleaner, thinking that he had a gun, but it was just a little squirt bottle,
1: right? Which goes into we us thinking that that's Brad, right? Um, and as soon as she shot him, I was like, oh wait a second, now I remember. <laughs> <laughs> like he's just a dude. <laughs> so,
0: but man, yeah. they sure they sure bent over backwards to make him seem like the bad guy. Oh, they did, and
1: and yeah, they were selling that with every shot. Like like you said, it was creepy looks, mm-hmm. and he's but he's also a bad cleaner. Like why is it, <laughs> why is this guy even here? You know. Oh yeah, yeah, and then he gets shot. Uh, so that's hilarious. <laughs> um,
0: and then we end in oh, b- before we move on to the end scene with them uh, at the bar, I wanted I did want to point out where hair star at one point is is actually there's a shot of him looking at the angelville brochure uh which i don't know if you remember seeing that but that does kind of answer some questions that we were talking about before where we weren't exactly sure what happens at her place in this show and the brochure you know has everything from tarot readings to i think you know talking to the dead and there's like a whole host of all this mystical stuff that she does
1: I did not even notice that. So yeah, he opens honest,
0: up like a three-page brochure on Angelville.
1: It's funny because when he was going through like uh, Jesse's file and stuff, I was like pausing a little bit, trying to see all the stuff in there, mm-hmm. um, and I totally missed the Angelville. That I'll have to go back and watch mm-hmm. and just to look at that because that, that's really interesting. Yeah, and and I I totally missed that. Yeah. So. I'm not sure if it was in that same part where they're
0: showing him go through the file, but if it wasn't, it was shortly after that. Although they did, I did notice a shot of Grandma's house in the file, which that alone gave me chills. Yeah, I, I
1: saw the house, right? Um, yeah, and you're right. That gave me chills. <laughs> but I did not see the brochure. I, I'll have to go back and rewatch that because that is kind of – it's really cool. And it also – because the only thing of Grandma's house we've seen so far is that poster, right? Right. Uh, from the beginning of the season mm-hmm. and that was just come see the magic of the Bayou or whatever. Right. right? There was no like detail. So, uh, that, the fact that they, you know, seances and tarot cards and whatever, mm-hmm. that, that, that lends more to it. So I, I have to go back and rewatch that cause I mm-hmm. totally missed it. Good yeah. Catch. Um, then, okay. So now we get to our closing scene, right. Uh, which is hair star meets Jesse in the bar. And, you know, he basically comes in and says, I hear you're looking for God. Perhaps I can help.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, that's basically the end.
0: Yeah. And this this was, you know, this is one of those examples that I was talking about of it's more when he doesn't use the voice that bothers me. Because <laughs> especially in this particular episode where they showed us a whole sequence where he has got all the cops working for him. And a cop walks into the room, and he says, what's going on? And he adds him to the fold. He says, you're working for me now. And, like, that should have been the first thing out of his mouth when he met Hairstar, Herr Herr Star. you know, especially because they just showed us him doing that with cops, which are important people to do that to, but way less important than this dude, who's in charge of the Samson unit at the Grail, and obviously, you know, this is he spent all this time trying to get answers from... The, the men in white. And then this guy shows up. That would have been the first thing out of my mouth. Like you work for me now.
1: Yeah. Okay. I'm with you, especially in the next episode. Right. Um. Uh, you and I know he's more important than the cops. Mm-hmm. All the viewers know. Jesse doesn't know. Jesse but has no But he knows no he's idea. a
0: man in white and he knows that he's, you know.
1: Right. He knows he's important and he knows he's, yeah, man in white or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's obviously like high up in the men in white. From Jesse's point of view, this mm-hmm. guy is obviously high up in that, the men in white group, mm-hmm. right? Um, and you're right, Jesse should have taken control of the situation. I, I have several problems with Jesse's use of the voice in the next episode. Oh, yeah. Or non use of the voice in the next episode. Right. Um, but I can kind of see where Jesse's interest Kind of goes, you know let's see where this goes to, at the jump right so I mean in th- literally in this in this episode hair star sits down Jesse's drinking rat water whiskey hair star orders a glass he says I hear you're looking for God perhaps I can help and that's basically the entire conversation
0: mm-hmm.
1: right so for this episode I'm kind of fine. Next episode, I have a whole bunch of problems. With. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and you and I, on the, our first watching of this, I remember talking to you about, uh, in the next episode, like the bag over the head scenes. Right. And I have a huge problem with this. Yeah. So, But we'll get into that. That's next episode. So this episode ends there. Hairstar meets Jesse in the bar. Right? Mm-hmm. Episode done. Uh, and then to episode 10. Um, which I honestly thought after seeing that last scene in episode nine, I honestly thought it take it opens up back in the bar right because uh, we get that whole scene. It doesn't. It opens with Jesus Christ <laughs> fucking everybody.
0: Oh no this one woman
1: there's more than one woman I no, think these,
0: no there's one this is this with, just with one woman this is one night with this particular woman. I mean, there's several, that... there's several different positions, <laughs> 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 but it's all the one woman. I, okay. think we're, I think we're led to believe it's all the one woman. Okay.
1: I have to go back uh, it, to me. It read like he was fucking multiple chicks. And then there was the one at the end that was the important one. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it doesn't matter. Even if it was just one, Jesus right. Christ is fucking this chick. Yeah. Um, And he's a fucking bro. <laughs> oh he's, God. He's, he's a...
0: such an annoying, like hippie bro. He's a douche. Yeah, he's a douche, <laughs>
1: and this isn't even like as we learn later on. Like, I'm Humber so glad Diller you picked
0: or... up on that too.
1: He's just a douchebag, <laughs> and and it's funny because <laughs> this is the first time. Okay, this television series scrapes up against religion like razor sharp, right? <laughs> and but. And, and the way the comic, the way Garth Ennis and the, and the comic book, the way that was written, he sh- he gives a fuck about religion, really, mm-hmm. right? And this is the first time, really, in this show that we've seen, like, blatantly somebody speaking out against Christianity, like Jesus is a douchebag, <laughs> he's fucking these people, and he's a fucking bro. Uh-huh. It's not, it's not even like. You know he's he's sleeping with somebody or whatever this and that. He's like fucking yeah, dude. <laughs> yeah. He even says, "Chill, bro." <laughs> right? Like, oh my god. So Jesus is fucking around, and there's that yeah, scene. You like, know he's got a hacky sack somewhere. Exactly. And like, and, and he's like, I, I, you know, don't tell anyone. I won't tell anyone. I'll protect your honor or whatever this and that. And the guys, all his disciples, show up. Mm-hmm. Right. And they're like, Jesus, where have you been? he's and this is great cuz this comes from the bible it's jesus going into the olive groves right to to <laughs> to really like meditate and to to commune with god right that's the bible story is jesus goes into the olive groves commune with god this is right before his uh when he gets killed right mm-hmm. and he's in the olive groves fucking this chick That's what he's doing, because he even walks out and goes, what are these trees? And she's like, oh, they're olive trees. Mm -hmm. Right. And then all the guys are there and like, we thought you were coming in here to pray. And he's like, "Uh, well, I did. And then I came to help this woman, Uh whatever. And then you hear one of the guys, one of the disciples says, Judas has the getaway donkeys. Yeah, I love that, too. (laughs) Right. Like, so you got the disciples. Judas is there. This is the olive groves. Right. 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 (laughs) Right. Right before. Christ is killed. Right. And he's fucking this chick. Okay. That's fair. <laughs> so, okay. That's the scene we open with. Right. Right. Oh my God. And then we get back to our bar scene.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Right. Um, and that scene, the, the opening Jesus scene, I think for the show is kind of important to go, to what's going to be unveiled in this episode, right? Yeah. Which is, which is Humperdue. <laughs> um, so, fucking so,
0: Humperdue.
1: and can I also say, and I know Garth Ennis's came first, but like the grail being the Christ's bloodline.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: We've seen that in the Da Vinci code. We've seen that that's come up like so many fucking times, mm-hmm. but I think Gar- Garth Ennis was one of the first of, that. I'm aware of to actually use that in a storyline. Mm-hmm. Maybe. So, in in the preacher. So mm-hmm. um and the you know cuz we have the grail now which is protecting the bloodline of Christ, right? Which is very Da Vinci code. And mm-hmm. this came first. So <laughs> ha 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 uh, <laughs> um but anyway, so we get we get them in the in the um uh, is it, we go back to Jesse and 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 Hairstar in the bar. Um and Hairstar basically just opens up and tells him everything. Yeah. Right. Pretty much. I mean, and he knows Here's the thing, too, is Hairstar knows his power. He knows about the voice, right? And there's twice in this episode where I think Hairstar deliberately is not answering the question so that Jesse will use the voice hmm. so that when he answers, Jesse knows it's the truth.
0: Hmm.
1: Right? Um, because Hairstar was going to tell him anyway. Right. Right, but I want you to use the voice because I want you to know what I'm saying is true. Interesting, and and I think there's twice in this episode. I think that that happens, and the first time is here at the bar. Right. Um. Yes, yeah, so, but basically, Hairstar Star opens up and goes, "Here's what's the deal? You know, like we we protect the bloodline of Christ, essentially, and yada yada yada." Right. Right. So so we get that scene. Um. Then we go back to Dennis's house. Are you ready to go there?
0: Yes, I'm ready. Even though it means more fucking PTSD shit.
1: Oh my god, are we?
0: I'm so tired. This is where, this is where we're really in the weeds of this stuff with with Tulip. It, it starts with that. I think it opens with you know her having a dream again, if I'm not mistaken, and she wakes up from that. But it's just like. You know, and the whole thing with, you know, Featherstone comes over to befriend her. And obviously she has a plan to kind of, she, you know, starts planting doubt in in uh, Tulip's mind to try to break them up. This whole story, as much as I love Featherstone, and I do, and I also love how masterfully this actress who plays her plays both the cutting and cruel and ruthless Featherstone. And then it goes to the Jenny character. Who's much weaker and and more timid? I love the way she does that, but I just hate this whole side storyline. It just takes away from everything else that you want to be seeing in the show.
1: I agree, hundred um, percent. Later in this episode, we get to the Featherstone um, thing, mm-hmm. right, with Tulip and, and trying to be befriend her deep more deeply, mm-hmm. um, and I on our first watching, I remember talking to you about that. Cause I have several problems with this. Um, but for this scene, we, you know, yeah, there's a PTSD shit, which I'm done talking about. <laughs> yeah. We can right? skip over that shit. <laughs> okay. And, and we've talked about in previous episodes, like the middle section of this season, mm-hmm. Jesus fucking Christ. Okay. So, um, but we have Dennis and cast with the hookers, <laughs> right? Um, And they have the translator thing now. Right. Right. So whenever Cassidy speaks, the thing on his chest translates it into French. Right. Mm -hmm. And vice versa for Dennis. And this is one of the things that on the rewatch, I thought they had that. I thought he got that at the geek dude store when they went there with the DVD. Mm -hmm. Right. And I was like, because, yeah, that's where you get that. And he says later on that that's where he got it. I noticed that this time. right? But. But we haven't seen it up until now, right? And for some, for me in the rewatching, I was like, I thought that he had the translator thing. I thought that happened earlier. Yeah, me too. Right? Um, but no, they have it now, so that's great. So now Dennis and, and Cass can talk, and which is great because they're sharing hookers. Um, <laughs> it's useful
0: <laughs> to be able to communicate when you're sharing hookers,
1: right? And uh, okay, so we have we see that, and like, and Tulips fine with it. Whatever you guys do, you. Um, she goes to make she goes to make breakfast. She's a little pissed off because she's just throwing eggs in a pan, shell and all. <laughs> um, but but Featherstone comes over to get her gun back, right? Which uh, Tulip had borrowed from her. Mm-hmm. Um, that okay? We jump to the scene where Jesse is now with okay Featherstone coming to get her gun. That's the beginning of a very important scene, which I have many issues with. <laughs> um, but we we see her come in and then we kind of like cut to Jesse going through the metal detector, which right. is because, because Jesse's following hair star back to the grail right place. Right. And he goes through the metal detector and kind of want to call bullshit on all this. Um, because he's going through the metal detector. Why? At this point you're in there. <laughs> one to get to the headquarters. They put a bag over your head.
0: Well, no, this is before the bag thing. Because then he goes from here, then he travels even further to go see the Messiah. But, yeah. No, no, no.
1: But to get to the, no, no, get to the, the, the Grail headquarters where they drove, drove to, not flew to. mm -hmm. They put a, he hands him a bag and he puts it over his head. mm -hmm. Why? You have the voice. You know where, you you can know where you're going to be.
0: Yeah, that's, I mean, that was, that was one of the most glaring non-uses of the voice where he tells him to put the bag on his head because they don't trust him. Obviously, you use the voice there and say,
1: no, <laughs> I'm not putting yeah, the bag on no. my head. Just just take me. Yeah, just take me. Right? It's right? so easy. And then he goes through the metal detector, right, and he takes all the shit out of it, and he goes back, and he goes back through, and it pings again. And all I can think of is, like, use the voice. Like, fuck it. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you know either, A, I'm unarmed, or B, I could use my voice and kill you. Mm-hmm. So why am I going through a fucking metal detector? Right. And and the reason is the camera wanted to show you the bullet.
0: Saint of Killer's bullet, yeah.
1: Right. That's in his pocket. Yeah. That's why we did this. So that whole scene to me is kinda of like. Bleh. Right. Um But we get very little out of that scene. We see him go through the metal detector, they, he goes into the office so they're gonna talk. That scene becomes interesting later, but then we go back to Tulip and Featherstone um or I should say tulip and Jenny right right where tulip basically spills everything mm-hmm. she's talking to Jenny like her oldest best friend in the world and is explaining about you know we're finding God and God's missing and blah, blah. so she's all doing all that talk um, let let's get to what bothers
0: you about this scene because I don't want to spend too much time talking about tulip and Featherstone.
1: Okay, okay, T- to be quick about it. it it's, okay, so Tulip unloads on Featherstone. Featherstone mentions, like, oh, well, robbing banks in Dallas or whatever, right? right? And Tulip goes, I never told you that,
0: mm-hmm.
1: right? Big mm-hmm. issue. Who the fuck are you? You know, blah, blah, blah. How do you know this? Blah, blah, blah. And and this is Tulip we're talking about. This mm-hmm. is a badass we're talking about. She just caught you in some fucking shit, right? And your response is, no, you did You told me that uh, at the breakfast table. No, I fucking didn't. (laughs) Right. And all that shit gets real. And Featherstone goes to the bathroom. She calls Hoover and is like, you need to come over and pretend to be my boyfriend or whatever. Mm -hmm. Right. He does. They kick the shit out of him. And then Tulip's like, okay with everything. Right. That doesn't change the fact that she said something you never told her. And you know you didn't tell her that. Yeah. Right. So. It bothered me that 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 tulip goes like, oh, okay, no, we're cool.
0: Well, this is a classic case of, uh, you know, something we've talked about before where this season is just way too long and eventually this resolves at the end of the season. But if this is something that should have been dealt with right now (laughs) and had they not stretched the the season out an extra two, maybe even three episodes, it, it would have been dealt with now. But this is something that they just... They stretch out this all this padding in this middle of this episode. Um so yeah, I had the same
1: exact problem. Yeah, it's I don't know. That I have that issue with that scene. But the more interesting scene is when we cut back to Jesse and her star mm-hmm. and the Pope.
0: The Pope and the Archbishop
1: of Canterbury. And- and the Archbishop of Canterbury. I call him the dude because I couldn't remember his name. <laughs> the Archbishop of Canterbury. And so the Archbishop says, and here's the cool thing is like, this is some like comic book insider shit too. Right. The Archbishop is actually kind of the right one here. <laughs> or at least by the comic book. By series. the comics. Yeah. Right. He says that the Seraphim rebelled. Right. Against God. And now God is on the run. Right. Um, which comic book standard-wise is is kind of correct. Mm-hmm. More so correct than what the Pope says. <laughs> uh, and the Pope says that God just left to make a new creation, right? He was done with these people. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Jesse uses the voice, take me to him, right? Which is how we get Jesse on the fucking plane. Right. Right?
0: Well, he says, take me to, because then he finds out about
1: the uh, 25th oh, great- right. great-grandson
0: finds... or whatever of Jesus right.
1: Air star says we have the bloodline, we have the Messiah, right? Mm. And he says, Well take me to him. Okay. Now he uses the voice to say take me to him, and they still put a bag over his fucking head. Right. Now again, voice and problem.
0: Is the, and this is in a in a car, in a plane, right. on a train. Right. This is all day he's got this bag on his head like
1: an idiot. Right. And here's my problem with that is You're gonna take him in a car to a plane and fly. Why does he need a bag on his head to get to the airport? <laughs> right? He knows he got on a plane, right? So, okay. And then in the plane, just don't tell him where you're flying. Right. Right. And then when you're landing, maybe bag over your head when you land and you drive to the place you're going to. Okay, fine. But bag on the head to get to the airport and bag on the head in the plane. <laughs> bullshit. <laughs> and all of this is bullshit because all he has to do is when he gets there, say, where am I? <laughs> right. Right. And they will fucking tell him, mm-hmm. um, in the comic book, I don't think in the show they mention this. In the comic book where they are is an island off of France, off the coast of France. Um, which the entire island is owned by the Grail. Hm. It's where they keep the Messiah, the all star, the all father, um, like lives there and oversees it and whatever, blah, blah, blah. Um, in the show, we don't know. They land somewhere. They take him with the bag over his head to the place, and they go in to meet Fucking <laughs> um, Humperdue. right? Um, God, hold on. Okay. Bag on his head, plane ride. Uh, they when they land, um, there is the mention of the All Father, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. They get when they when they get to where they're going. The guards there said the All Father didn't say you were coming. Right right? That is the first reference to the all father, mm-hmm. which is from the comic book. Um, and it's weird that we got to this place where her, her, her star brings Jesse to the Island to meet the Messiah. And we don't have any information on who the all father is. The all father is the real head of the grail. Right. And he is like higher than the Pope. Right. Uh, tech in the dark realm world of the grail. Right. Mm-hmm. He's higher than the Pope. Right. Um, he is a 700 pound nitwit who gets blown up in a helicopter in the comic book. Um, because the saint of killers comes to the Island and blows everyone the fuck That's right. up. I'm now,
0: I'm now seeing him in my mind. Now that you mentioned that, I remember he was like a huge guy.
1: Yeah. And the way they kill him is they, he gets in a helicopter and they blow the helicopter out of the sky. Um, <laughs> And that, in the comic book, when they get to the island, which is where they are now, right, to meet the Messiah, in the comic book, this is where Cassidy shows up and is tortured uh, because they think he's Jesse, hmm. um, which is a big defining moment in their relationship. Mm-hmm. And then um, the, he uh, Jesse makes a deal kind of with the Santa Killers to kind of save him to protect them against all the soldiers that are coming to attack them. And the saint of killers basically makes a wall out of fucking bodies because he just kills everybody. And then the all fathers kill. It's this big, it's a great fucking thing in the comic books, but in the show we get a mention of the all father in the background.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Like he didn't say you were coming. Right. (laughs) And that's all we get. So who knows what the show's going to do with that? Yeah. Um, But anyway, so, Da, 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 da. The All-Fathers didn't say you were coming. Um,
0: so he meets the did,
1: Messiah. Right. We're leaving out a scene here, but we can come back to it. Mm-hmm. Um. He okay. does meet the Messiah. Right. He's taken to meet Humperdue, Um, which is funny because in the show, it, they call him Humperdew. That's his name.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: In the comic book, that wasn't his name. It was what he said. <laughs> that was all he said. Was Humpardoo, 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 <laughs> right? And so in the comic, that's all he said. That's what is in his name. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. In the show, his name is Humperdoo, which is <laughs> that's kind of a nod to the comic book, uh-huh. right? But he, but in the comic book and the show, he's an ape, right? right? He's just an idiot, right? He's so inbred that he, he like. Jesse comes in and he's like meeting Christ, right? So he kneels and he's like, <laughs> "This is all I want." And then Humperdew starts peeing on, him, <laughs> <laughs> right? Uh, so yeah, and this and Hair Star, we realize later, Hair Star basically brought Jesse here to see him and go like, "Do you really want that to be the Messiah?" Right? Like, why? Do, why isn't it you? You have the power of God, right? So that's the whole point of bringing Jesse here to meet him, right? And I do have to say, I don't care where you went on the plane in the in the comic book like you said it's all France, so it's a long way from from Louisiana. In the show we don't know that, so it could be Delaware, I don't know. But <laughs> but still Jesse would have been gone for several days, right? That's never mentioned in Dennis's house. Right. Not Tulip, not Cass, not nobody. It's like, where the fuck is Jesse?
0: <laughs> you right? get the feeling like it's the same day on the show. Yeah, it feels like,
1: oh, we just hopped over here and then we hopped back or whatever. Yeah, cause, cause, and- uh,
0: because Tulip ends up finding the Sand of Killers guns and she's got them on the table waiting for Jesse to come home. And so you feel like it's all the same day.
1: Yeah, yeah. And, uh, well, we don't get resolution with the guns. Right. Right. That happens at the very end. Um, but still no, yeah, it feels like the same day. Like Jesse's never not, not been gone. And I don't like I said, I don't know what the show's doing with where the Maasai is being kept. In the comic book, it's in another fucking country. Right. So it's it's not a day trip. Um, but like I said, it could be Delaware. I don't know. It could be Texas. <laughs> I don't know. It as far as the show is concerned. Now
0: one now one interesting thing that we get, and only really knowing this because it's a rewatch, um we know that these drawings that Humperdue is doing are right. drawings of the, the dog, which is God. Man
1: dog. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. I, I have that in my notes here, that in the Humperdue meeting, yeah, all of Humperdue's drawings are of this dog. And sexual toys, right? Which go right along with man Oh, dogs, I didn't right? notice
0: the sexual toys drawings. I was just oh, he... busy looking
1: at the dogs. Yeah, he had drawn some dildos and things. Oh, okay. Um, like you do. Sure. Um but yeah, I caught that on this. And on the rewatch you catch that. Mhm. I did not catch it on the original watch. And you could because we've seen Mandog. But it would t- I think it would take an astute observer to oh, yeah. catch and I mean, catch.
0: I think at the end when he realizes that it was him, they do a quick flashback of the drawings, which is the only reason I even knew to pay attention to that this time around. Cuz he does yeah. it, that's when he has this realization to go back and look for him again. Because he he see he thinks back to these drawings and it all starts to click for him.
1: Ugh. Yeah. So that is interesting. Um, and he uses the voice. Jesse uses the voice. He says, where's God? On Humberdew. On break, Humberdue. It, and it breaks him. <laughs> it breaks him, yeah. He gets nothing in response. Um, okay, so that's cool. Um, here's the thing, too, is back in the house, we get uh, Tulip and Jenny are playing um, Guitar Hero, right? A rock band, and in their conversations, uh, Jenny's kind of leading to or heading Tulip to find Santa Killer's guns. Yeah. Um, which I totally forgot on my first watch, and also I was kind of like, how does she even know? But they, they got cameras in the house, right? Right. So I guess I guess that's how. Right. But it's in the bathroom, and I haven't seen any cameras in the bathroom, so true but that's but that's the idea right because she wants to break she kind of she wants to split up Jesse and tulip and all that she wants to split them all up right, right. so lead him to the guns that's a good way to do it um, and at the end we see star tells Jesse. Is plan to make Jesse the Messiah or mm-hmm. God. Actually, he actually doesn't say Messiah. He says, God. Right. Uh, and well, why
0: find God when you can just be him.
1: Right. And then, and Jesse says, that's a blaspheme. Right. And hair star says, well, I guess that's just semantics. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Which from hair stars point of view is, is kind of right. right. Yeah. <laughs> it, yeah. It, at this point, it's semantics. Right. Right. So, um, and that's the end of the episode, really. So we got a lot of good stuff out of this one um, and we met Humperdue. So we now we now know what's going on um, a bit better. I think we kind of stretched this correctly because our next episode, I think we could do 11 and 12 and then have an episode for the final episode,
0: mm-hmm.
1: which is always nice to do the final episode as a single thing. Right. Um, so I think we're pretty good there. We're coming near the end of this thing. We're coming near our end of season two. Um, so yeah, it's, we're getting there. And, and I think we're over the middle, middle season hump. <laughs> yeah. And I will
0: say that I have been pleased that, you know, I, as we were approaching the middle of season two, I was starting to to dread what was coming because of there's so much stretching going on and, and like, just really too many scenes that don't need to happen because we've already it's just like too much of the ptsd thing and the Dennis thing kind of goes on for too long um whereas but at the same time i was pleased to find that there's a lot of really cool stuff that still happens like we got the hair star origin story we got you know this whole um uh, the night vision scene was really cool and the whole jesus and humperdue thing was important So there was still some great stuff happening, even in this overlong season.
1: Right. And like like I've said before, like when when the show gets slow, that's usually when great information comes out. Mm -hmm. Um, I still think this season could have done with two less episodes. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: I still think we could have gotten there in time um, and been much more. Just condensed. Um, cause this season does run a little long for me. Yeah. The, um, and I like the 13 episode model. I think that's great. Let's just fill in some shit. Yeah. You know, (laughs) you know, like, I don't know, but, um, yeah, all of the tulip PTSD shit, like we could have condensed that, Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, uh, I don't know, just, I would have even liked more of the Humperdoe, more of the. Allfather and what's going on with the grail. I don't like more of that shit. Mm-hmm. Right. And, but that we get a comment by a guy when he lands the fucking helicopter or whatever. Right. And PTSD, we get six episodes of like, so <laughs> like, I don't know. Like we make the, we make this podcast because we love this show. And it's funny because like, I'll go back and listen to some episodes we've done and whatever. We talk a lot of shit about this.
0: Show, <laughs> yeah. right? Especially this season. I think the season one, we didn't so much. I don't think.
1: No, but still, even even so, we, I think you're right. I think we talk more shit about season two. But we love this show. Like, I'm such a fan of this show. <laughs> All right. So, but you know, you got to, you know, you got to critique what you love. You got to look hard at it. And yeah. there are some things in this show that, c- come on, guys. Mm-hmm. Like, I would love to have, like, Seth Rogen on and. And be like, hey, I got some questions for very much. Yeah. Why is Jesse such a dick? Yeah. Come on. God, I would love to hear from fans about this. Time of the preacher podcast at gmail.com. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> please, please, please hit us up with some questions. Yeah. It's funny because we've recorded these things so far in the future, and I noticed our last episode is where we first mentioned the uh, email. Right, and that episode uh, to date hasn't aired yet. That's our next episode, I think. Oh, right, yeah, yeah. So, so I keep saying this, but people don't know about it because it's not even out there yet. So, <laughs> we need to get we need to get these episodes out there. But come season three, it'll be weekly. We will do it one at a time. Yep, I'm looking forward to that. I, me too, me too, and I'm really looking forward to even if it's six months from now. Someone just listening to this now, and it's six months later, and they go, "Jesse's not a dick." Here's why. I'd love to hear from you. Please send me in your dissertation. <laughs> yeah, I'd be
0: I'd be surprised if we get that kind of uh, counter argument because he's clearly an asshole.
1: <laughs> yeah, he's he's a dick. So, if, if you have a counter argument, you're you're up against some shit to defend that. But <laughs> well, okay, are you ready for trivia, my friend? Oh, I'm ready. See if I can get. Oh, yeah. Time of the Preacher Trivia! <laughs> and I'm doing it this week, motherfucker. And <laughs> I'm, I'm sc- not doing limericks. I'm scared. Right? I'm giving you trivia because that's what you give me. Limericks are easy. Trivia is hard. I have a bad reputation with it. <laughs> yes, you do. <laughs> so so let's see if we can't screw up your reputation. <laughs> I had four. I I've whittled it down to three because you mentioned one during the episode. Okay. <laughs> So your options are, Brad is the pits, <laughs> honey badger don't give a fuck, oh, and the secret is in the sauce. Okay,
0: all right, uh, I'm going with Brad is the pits just because I love the title so much.
1: All right, so Brad we saw in in this in this uh, episode um, is out to kill our our friends. What does Brad? stand for oh geez do they even tell us this in the episode they show you the side of the drone and it's listed
0: oh fuck uh all right um i don't even know what the b would be for i'm going to it's, I'm, I'm, it's hard isn't it i'm gonna do hard? some of. i'm gonna do some of this out of order okay. i'm gonna say the d is drone <laughs> okay okay uh Maybe A is automatic. Uh, R. Ah, shit! How did I miss this? They were on that screen for so long.
1: They did. They held that. They held the side of this goddamn drone for uh. like seconds. I paused it to get it, but they did hold it up long enough for you to read it.
0: Ah. Uh. <sighs> uh. Bionic Radio Automatic Drone. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, I, and I don't want to waste our li- poor listeners' time just trying I tell, to think.
1: So you're right. That's a good guess. You're wrong. <laughs> and here's the thing is, Brad is, is kind of fucked up because it stands for Battle Ready oh. Remote Operated Aerial Drone. Mm. So, B-R-R-O-A-D. Mm. They made it Brad. Sorry, sir. <laughs> so, I oh, got, so drone was right. <laughs> drone was right. So now you're stuck with Honey Badger Don't Give a Fuck, and The Secret Is In The Sauce.
0: All right, I'm going to go with The Secret Is In The Sauce.
1: Okay, this one's a tough one. Great. And there is a way for okay. you to know this, but it's a long shot. <laughs> uh, the title of Episode 10 oh, shit. was called Dirty Little Secret. Okay. Um, which happens to be the name of the song that Tulip and Featherstone are playing in Guitar Hero. Okay, what is unique about that song?
0: What is unique about that song?
1: Where should say interesting?
0: Is it that Featherstone has a secret?
1: (laughs) You know, to not waste our listeners' time, I'm just going to tell you, you're not going to get this. Okay. In order to get this, you would have had to look at the IMDB page. Oh, Jesus. Because Dirty Little Secret is the song that they're playing to in Guitar Hero. It is of a band where the lead singer of that band is the actor who plays Humperdoo. Shut the fuck up. And it's the title of the episode. Dirty Little Secret. <laughs> That's Seriously, the lead singer is Humperdue? Yeah, Humperdue is the lead singer of a band that plays the song Dirty Little Secret that is in Guitar Hero, which is what they're playing.
0: Now, see, you're pulling from IMDb.
1: Bitch, so you can just, research.
0: So just by watching the show, I couldn't have known this unless I happened to recognize the guy. You might have recognized him. Okay. It's got a very, you
1: know. What's the name of the band? Dirty Little Secret.
0: That's the name of the song.
1: Well, it's also the name of the band. It's self-titled, though. Try really? It. Okay. <laughs> that, that might not be true. Oh Jesus! All okay, right. so your la- on your last uh, one here, Honey, Honey Badger. Don't give a fuck. Are you ready? I, now I see how painful this is. <laughs> it's not fucking easy, huh? Yeah. And listeners, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> These aren't harder than what he gives me, you, and you know that.
0: Well, okay. see, the reason they're so hard is because I know that we're both watching. And taking notes on this show. So you have to find abstract shit to ask about. Uh, I'm or obscure, I should say.
1: I'm, to be honest, too, I'm being a little mean <laughs> because I'm trying to make up for how easy my limericks were. <clears throat> <laughs> so here we go. Honey right. badger, don't give a fuck. Okay. Uh, okay. So the Pope in this episode says that God is going to create a new creation. And he defines what this new creation is going to be. He Mm -hmm. gives it some features. Mm -hmm. He mentions how tall it is. 10 foot tall. But what else does he mention about the creature?
0: Well, I remember there was something about a honey badger. So.
1: Yeah, that's the title of the question. Yeah,
0: yeah, but I remember. But I remember because I knew that that's what it was about. But. You want me to mention everything that he says?
1: He only says four things, and I've given you one.
0: You're giving me an animal.
1: (laughs) No, no. I've said, he says it's 10 foot tall. Okay. And I gave you a hint of the honey badger.
0: Motherfucker.
1: So there's only three other things left, and one of them has to do with the honey badger.
0: Fuck, I don't know, man. I don't even know what, I don't even remember what he said about the honey badger.
1: (laughs) He says it'll be 10 foot tall. Have the prowess of a lion, the flight of an eagle, and a honey badger's sense of smell. Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> I had, a, to be honest, I had a fourth question, the one that you got during the episode, uh, which I entitled All That Jazz. Uh-huh. Which was, uh, where was Brad redirected to? Oh,
0: yeah. yeah. That is a, the, you... the one easy one I should have not mentioned.
1: Yeah. yeah so I, I was, to be honest, that was a gimme. Because they mention it twice. Yeah. And it's funny, so you would have remembered it. Right. But, uh, so you're 0 for 3, my friend. See how that feels. (laughs) (sighs) Maybe someday I'll be 0 and
0: 19 like you. I'm not sure that's accurate.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But that shit ain't Uh, easy, man. No, you're right. You're right. I was going to have one called "Steps to Glory," and I was going to ask you how many steps did Jesse take oh, outside Jesus of the house Christ. to get to the car? Because that how obscure your Just shit piss is. me off? Do, anyway, do, do you
0: think are any of our listeners got any of those right?
1: Well, no, because those are unknowable. <laughs> but here, maybe, maybe the Brad one, maybe the Brad one. Well, thank you for participating in <laughs> Time of the Preacher trivia. <laughs> Yeah,
0: fuck face. <laughs> <laughs> did you enjoy this, or did we, or was this just
1: revenge for you? <laughs> oh, no, I totally enjoyed this. It, it's funny, because I was watching the episodes, and I was like, oh, I'm going to ask. you. Know. And the, Well, I didn't even have questions. I just, like, interesting things I just kind of noted.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Right? And then afterwards, I, I went it literally, like, five minutes before we recorded. I went through, and I looked at the interesting things I noticed, and I just wrote um, bullshit titles like you do. And... <laughs> You mean and, you mean and,
0: clever, creative titles?
1: Oh uh, there you go. Those are good. Those are, the Brad one. The uh, Brad is the pits. That was actually the, hard, <laughs> the hardest the hard one. That was a good one. Yeah. So, uh, but I, I gotta say, I like this. We but the to Brad, yeah, the,
0: the Brad one. That was that was unknowable. That was one that I, I could have potentially
1: known the answer to. Right, and and to me, if I was watching that episode, I would have known that one if you asked me, because they left it on screen so long that I knew it was important enough mm-hmm. to write down. Right. And I was like, if for no other reason, then I would have known you were asking me trivia <laughs> and they showed that thing for a long time. Yep. So like, no, that's totally noble. I don't expect our listeners to know that. That, And if you do know that good on you. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, I had one in here about, uh, what's Featherstone's boyfriend's name. Um, but I didn't ask you that one. Oh, you
0: mean Jenny's boyfriend, Rodney.
1: Yeah, Rodney. Yeah. but I didn't ask you that one. I thought that one was too easy. Mm-hmm. So you're zero for three. Deal. Deal with it. <laughs> all
0: right. Well. Well. Next time's my turn. So yeah. don't get too excited. <laughs>
1: I think. Well, there's no good way to mediate this, right? Right. Because we're both watching it. We both know trivia is going to come now. Yeah. Like, and I have to say to the listeners, like in the first couple episodes where we pull trivia up and we all act surprised, that's not like mimicry we were generally surprised I did not know Tom was going to ask trivia the first and you didn't know I was going to do the limericks the first time
0: you didn't know I was going to ask it the first time and then we said oh we should do that the next wrap up one but you didn't know I was just going to keep it coming.
1: <laughs> no, yeah. So, so the first couple times trivia happens, and I'm like, "What the fuck is it? What are, what are we doing?" That's genuine. Like <laughs> yeah. I honestly did not know that. That was came out of the blue. Now I think we're going to make it a regular thing. We're going to do trivia at the ev- at the end of every episode. Yeah, we'll switch off who's doing the trivia questions. Right, right. Um, knowing that we're doing trivia you would think makes the other one like pay closer attention and grab some shit. Mm -hmm. That's just not how we work. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Like, like I'm, I pay attention to the episodes and I'm astute on our rewatch because I'm trying to catch the minutia.
0: Right.
1: Right. That's in the show. Not necessarily to catch the trivia, but I'm trying to catch the little stuff. Cause I'd like to know, I'd like to catch things. Our listener, our listeners maybe missed. Mm hmm. You know, um, and now that we're doing a second watch, we can watch closely and we can catch that for you. Right. Uh, but still, we have, like, I'm just an idiot watching a TV show I like. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> at the end of the day, it's just for fun. So, anyway, yeah. I think I think that's a good wrap-up place for this episode. Yeah,
0: this this is one of our longer ones.
1: Nah. What, an hour and 10, hour and 20?
0: Yeah, our, that's, like hour and 15 or so for two episodes.
1: Yeah, it's average for us, I guess.
0: Well, we went down some rants like about Jesse being a dick and such.
1: Well, Jesse is a dick. And (laughs) I think it's funny because like you and I have mentioned this off the air, but it is funny. Like our episodes come in at about an hour, 10, hour, 20. Mm -hmm. We don't try to hit that mark. We just talk. We just do our thing. Right. And that's just where they naturally end. And when we've done three episodes, four episodes in the past, or when we've done one episode, that's where it just happens to come in about an hour, 10, hour, 20. Mm -hmm. So I guess it's nice that it works that way. Yeah. um, So for our next episode, I'm going to suggest that we do uh, 11 and 12 and we leave the finale 13 to its own thing because it's nice to have the wrap up like final episode by itself. Um, So I'm going to, for the first time ever, I think I'm going to announce our next show. We're going to watch eleven episode eleven and twelve, uh, and then we'll do the finale thirteen after that.
0: Yeah, most likely, unless unless anything changes.
1: But that's the plan. That is the plan, I think, and that's a good one, I think. Mm-hmm. And then we'll have our wrap up show, and then you're gonna miss us for about a year before season three comes yeah. out.
0: But we'll, we'll so. do some we'll do some uh, interstitial stuff. Like we, I wanted to have. Maybe have a discussion about hell, the hell episode we talked about. There's just a lot to talk about, about uh, what we liked and didn't like about about the, predi- the depiction of hell, for example. Yeah. And, uh, and maybe we'll do some comic stuff. Who knows? That could be ooh, fun. Com-
1: that could be fun. Well, yeah. maybe we might just do an episode of the comic book. Maybe just a comparative episode between the two mm-hmm. or something. That might be fun. So you might have that to look forward to. Yeah. Who knows? <laughs>
0: and who knows? Maybe we can get a guest or something as well.
1: Well, you told me Travis is coming on, so I'm still yeah. holding you to that. Yeah, yeah. He's a big, he's a big screenwriter now. You know, his his TV show is now about to air, right? So, he might be a hard get, we'll get him. We'll get him. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, I think that's good. I think I think we'll call that an end of an episode, and <clears throat> we'll see you next time of the preacher. Ah, so it feels so good to hear you say it.
0: Hey. Hey, me and Dennis have just been here check this out pretty good right what's it mean what do you mean what does it mean it's a bloody Bert
1: yep no doubt about that
0: it's better than Dennis's you got a picture of Shemp from the Free Stooges <laughs> <laughs>
1: Shemp
0: for Christ's sake where is he I don't know I don't know actually he you you wanted some alone time it's, yeah, it's perfectly natural I suppose
1: you want to get stone and play rocket sure awesome but we only got drums